it's sunday today and every week march shining again today with day 44 chapter 4 of the book 0 to 1 by peter thai and blake masters today we are going to talk about chapter 4 that is the ideology of competition creative monopoly means new products that benefits everybody and sustainable profits for the creator competition means no profit for anybody no meaningful differentiation and a struggle for survival so why do people believe that competition is healthy the answer is that competition is not just an economic concept or a simple inconvenience that individuals and companies must deal with in the marketplace more than anything else competition is an ideology the ideology that pervades our society and this distorts our thinking we preach competition internalize its necessity and intact its commandments and as a result we trap ourselves within it even though the more we compete the less we gain this is simple truth but we have all been trained to ignore it our educational system both tribes and reflects our obsession with competition grades themselves allow precise measurement of each student's competitiveness people with the highest marks receive status and credentials we teach every young person the same subject in mostly the same ways irrespective of individual talents and preferences students who don't learn best by sitting still at a desk are made to feel somehow inferior while children who excel in conventional measures like uh, tests and assignments and uh, end up defining their identities in terms of their widely contrived academic parallel reality and it gets worse as students ascend to higher level of the tournament elite students climb confidently until they reach a level of competition sufficiently intense to beat the dream out of them higher education is the place where people who had big plans in high school get stuck in fierce rivalries with equally smart peers over conventional careers like management consulting and investment and investment banking for the privilege of being turned into conformities students or their families pay hundreds of thousands of dollars in skyrocketing tuitions that continues to outpace inflation why are we doing this to ourselves i wish i had asked myself when i was younger my path was to so tracked that in my 8th grade yearbook one of my friends predicted accurately that 4 years later i would enter stanford as a so for so for and after a conventionally successful undergraduate career i enrolled at stanford law school where i competed even harder for the standard badge badges of success the highest prize in a law student's world is unambiguous out of the tens of thousands of graduates each year only a few doesn't get a supreme court clerkship after clearing clerking on a federal appeal court for a year i was invited to interview for clerkship with justice kendi and escalia my meeting with the justice went well i was so close to winning this last competition if only i got the clerkship i thought i would be set for life but i didn't at that time i was devastated in 2004 after i had built and sold paper i ran into an old friend from law school who had helped me 
prepare my field clerkship application we hadn't spoken in nearly a decade his first question wasn't how are you doing or can you believe it's being so long instead he grinned and asked so peter aren't you glad you didn't get that clerkship with the benefit of hindsight we both knew the that winning that ultimate competition have changed my life for the worse had i actually clerked on the supreme court i probably would have spent my entire career taking depositions of drafting other people's business deals instead of creating anything new it's hard to say how much would be different but the opportunity cost were enormous all road scholars had a great future in their past war and peace professors don't play the cutthroat culture of academy but managers never try tired of comparing businesses to war mba students carry around copies of clausewitz and sun tuja war metaphors invade our yesterday our everyday business language we use headhunters to build up a sales force that will enable us to take a captive market and make a killing but really it's competition not business that is like war allegedly allegedly necessary supposedly violent but ultimately destructive why do people compete with each other marx and shakespeare provide two models for understanding almost every kind of conflict according to marx people fight because they are different the proletariat fights the bourgeois because they have completely different ideas and goals generated from marx by their very different material circumstances the greater the difference the greater the conflict to shakespeare by contrast all combatants look more or less alike it's not at all clear why they should be fighting since they have nothing to fight about consider the opening line from romeo and juliet two households both alike in dignity the two houses are alike it they hate each other they grow even more similar as the feud escalates eventually they lose sight of why they started fighting in the first place in the world of business at least shakespeare proves the superior guide inside a firm people become obsessed to their competitors for career advancement then the firm themselves become obsessed with their competitors in the marketplace amid all the human drama people lose sight of what matters and focus on their rivals instead let's test the shakespeare model in the real world imagine a production called gates and scamit based on romeo and juliet montague is microsoft capulet is google two great families run by alpha nerds sure to clash on accounts of their sameness as with all good tragedy the conflict seems inevitable only in retrospect in fact it was entirely avoidable these families came from very different places the house of montague built operating system and office applications the house of capulet wrote a search engine what was they to fight about lots apparently as a startup each clan had been content to leave the other alone and prosper independently but as they grow they begin to focus on each other montague obsessed about capulets of obsessed about montague the result windows versus chrome 
operating systems bing versus google search explorer versus chrome office versus docs and surface versus nexus just a war cost the montague and capulets their children it cost microsoft and google their dominance apple came along and overtook them all in january 2013 apple's market capitalization capitalization was 500 billion dollars while google and microsoft combined were worth 467 dollars and billion dollars just 3 years before microsoft and google were each more valuable than apple war is costly business rivalry causes us to overemphasize old opportunities and slavishly copy the what has worked in the past consider the recent proliferation of mobile credit card features in october 2010 a startup called square released a small white square shaped product that let anyone with an iphone swipe and accept credit card It was the first good payment processing solution for mobile handsets. Imitators promptly sprang into action. A Canadian company called NetSecure launched its own card reader in a half-moon shape. Intuit brought a cylindrical reader to the geometric battle. In March 2012, eBay, PayPal, Unit launched its own copycat card reader. It was shaped like a triangle. a clear jab at a square as three sides are simpler than four one gets the sense of that of the shakespearean saga on end until the apes run out of the sets the hazards of imitative competition may partially explain why individuals with an asperger's like social inaptitude seems to be at an advantage in silicon valley today If you are less sensitive to social cues, you are less likely to do some same thing as everyone else around you. If you are interested in making things or programming computers, you will be less afraid to pursue those activities single-mindedly and thereby become incredibly good at them. Then, when you apply your skills, you are a little less likely than others to give up your own convictions. This can save you from getting caught up in crowds. Come competing for obvious prizes competition can make people hallucinate opportunities where uh, where none exists the crazy 90s version of this was the fans battle for the online pet store market it was pets.com versus petstore.com versus petopia.com versus what seemed like dozens of others each company was obsessed with defeating defeating its rival precisely because they were no subs- substantive uh, differences to focus on amid all the tactical questions who could price chewing chewy dog twice most aggressively who could create the best super bowl ads these companies totally lost sight of the wider question of whether the online pet supply market was the right space to be in winning is better than losing but everybody loses when the what isn't one worth fighting when pets.com folded after the dot com crash 300 million dollars of investment capital disappeared with it other times rivalry is just wired and distracting consider the shakespearean conflict between larry elishan co-founder and ceo of oracle and tom sibel a top salesman and oracle and elishan's protege before he went on to found Sabel Systems in 
Alison was livid at the at what he thought was Sybil's betrayal. Sybil hated being in the shadow of his former boss. The two men were basically identical. Hard charging Chicagoian who loved to sell and hated to lose. So the hatred ran deep. Alison and Sybil spent the second half of the 90s trying to sabotage each other. At one point, Alison sent truck loads of ice cream sandwiches to Sybil's headquarters to try to convince Sybil employees to jump ship. The copy of the wrappers, Summer is near, Oracle is here, to brighten your day and your career. Strangely, strangely Oracle intentionally accumulated enemies. Alison's theory was that it's always good to have an enemy, so long as it was large enough to appear threatening and thus motivational to employees, but not so large as to actually threaten the company. So, Alicia was probably thrilled when, in 1996, a small database company called Infomix put up a billboard, put up a billboard near Oracle's Redwood Source headquarters that read, "Caution, Dinosaur Crossing." Another Infomix billboard on Northbound Highway 101 read, "You have just passed Redwood Source, so did we." Oracle sought back with the billboard that implied that Informix software was slower than snails. Then Informix CEO Phil White decided to make things personal. When White learned that Larry Ellison enjoyed Japanese samurai culture, he commissioned a new billboard depicting the Oracle logo along with a broken samurai sword. The ad wasn't even really aimed at. Oracle as an entity, let alone the consuming public, it was a personal attack on election. But perhaps White spent uh, White spent a little too much time worrying about the competition while he was busy creating billboards. Infomix imploded in a massive accounting scandal, and White soon found himself in federal prison for securities fraud. If you can't beat a rival, it may be better to merge. I started. Confinity with my co-founder Max Lavici in 1998. When we released the PayPal product in late 1999, Elon Musk, X.com, was right on our heels. Our company's office, offices were four blocks apart on University Avenue in Palo Alto, and X products mirrored our feature for feature. By late 1999, we were in all-out war. Many of us at PayPal logged 100 hours work weeks. No doubt that was counterproductive, but the focus wasn't on objective productivity. The focus was defeating X.com. One of our engineers actually designed a bomb for this purpose. When he presented the systematic, uh, it's systematic at a team meeting, calmer heads prevailed and the proposal was attributed to extreme sleep deprivation. But in February 2000, Elon and I were more scared about the rapidly inflating tech bubble than, where, than we were about each other. A, a, a physical crash would drain us both before we could finish our fight. So in early March, we met on neutral grounds, a cafe almost exactly equidistant to our offices, and negotiated a 50-50 merger. 
de-escalating the rivalry post modules wasn't easy but as far as problems go it was a good one to have as a unified team we were able to ride out the dot com crash and then build a successful business sometimes you do have to fight where that's true you should fight and win there is no middle ground either don't throw any punches punches or strike hard and end it quickly this advice can be hard to follow because pride and honor can get in the way hence hamlet exposing what is mortal and unsure to all that fortune death and danger dear even for an excel rightly to be great is not to starve without great argument but greatly to find quarrel in a straw when honors at the stake for helmet greatness means willingness to fight for reason as thin as an excel anyone would fight for things that matter true horses take their personal honor so seriously that they will fight for things that don't matter this twisted logic in part of human nature but it's a disastrous in business if you can recognize competition as a destructive force instead of a sign of value you are already more sane than most the next chapter is about how to use a clear head to build a monopoly business so friends it's the end of chapter 4 and it's wakma signing off for today until we we meet again on thursday with chapter 5 where we'll talk about last mover advantage so thank you very much for today